Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. Today we are learning Daf Mem Zayin Amud Beis. We'll begin with the bottom of Mem Zayin Amud Aleph, about five lines from the bottom of the Amud. And let's remind ourselves we're in the middle of a magnificent sugya where we have learned a machloikis between Rav Chista and Rabba about a concept called Hayil. Do we say that on Yantif, even if I'm not cooking for today, and therefore the heter that the Torah gives me to cook for Yantif does not apply, and technically I should be over an Iser Deiraisa right now for cooking a meal that's not necessary for Yantif, but do we say Hayil since... If guests would show up, I would feed them this suda right now, and therefore the food that I'm preparing would be used for Yantif, even though there's no arrival of guests in the foreseeable future. But since there's a scenario where what I'm doing now would be relevant for today, we say that you're not over an Isra and it's not a, a violation of cooking on Yantif. Rav Chista says that we do not say hoyel, and therefore cooking on Yante for a weekday would be an Isser Dairaisa. Rav Chista goes so far as to say that you would get Malkus, as we saw on Dafmem Vav Omud Beis. Rabba says that we do say hoyel, and therefore there would not be Malkus in that case. Five lines from the bottom on Mem Zayin Omud Aleph. Shalach le Rav Chista le Rabba. Rav Chista who does not hold of Hoyel, sent a message to Rabbah, who does hold of Hoyel, Biyad Rav Acha Bar in the hands of Rav Acha Bar Rav Acha Bar was going to Rabbah. Rav Chista said, share the following with Rabbah. I have a kasha on Rabbah. I would like you to share it with him. And the kasha goes as follows. Mi Amrin on Hoyel? Do we say Hoyel? Vehotnan, we have a Mishnah. The Mishnah tells us, Yesh Chayresh Telem Echod. There's a possibility, there's a case where a person could plow one row in a field, and he could be high if he could violate eight lavin, eight loisases. And he says the, the case. Okay? First of all, the person is plowing with an ox and a donkey. So right away, you have a violation, a loisase, of klayim. And that's first of all. Then you have the heinumukdashim, and they are hektish. Now, let's notice there's a difference between a shar and a chamar, because a shar, an ox, is ra'oi, is worthy to go on to the Mizbeach, a chamor, a donkey, cannot go on to the Mizbeach, so they are different forms of hektish, but each one of these forms of hektish has a lav that tells us that, that it is usher to work, to work these animals, you know, for our own benefit, so therefore, therefore you have another two lavim. You have the klayim of the shor and the chamor working together. And then you have the lav of working the shor and the lav of working the chamor because they're muktashim, because they're hektish. And then you have uklayim bekerem, meaning that not only is there a klayim from the fact that a shor and a chamor are plowing together, 
but the plowing is covering over seeds of a kerem and chitim together, of, of, of a vineyard and of wheat together. And that's a, that's a, a iser of klayim. So there you have number four, which is the lav of, the, of planting klayim. Ushviyas, and it's on Shemitah. And the halacha is that one is not allowed to cultivate a field on Shemitah. So there you have number five. And Biyamtif. And you have also the fact that it's Yamtif and it's, it's usher for a person to plow on Yamtif. Not only that, but you also have that he's a Kayain. So that was number six. And then you have that he's a Kayain, Vinazir, Abes Hatuma. He's a Kayain and he's a Nazir. Each one of these identities, the fact that he's a Kayain and the fact that he's accepted upon himself the Kedusha of Nazirus, they both of those things create separate lavin that prohibit him from becoming Tumming. And this Telem is in a field that's Tumming. So that's your seven and eight. So a person, and you have a scenario, the Mishnah tells us where a person could plow a field and when he's plowing this one field, this one act of plowing, he's violating eight lavin. Says Rav Chizda in his message to Rabbah, hold on a second. I've turned the Amid, by the way, to Memzayin Amid Beis. I'm on the second line. The E Amrinon Hoyel. If you are correct that we say Hoyel, that we develop a scenario where what you're doing might not be usher, so then I have a scenario where what you're doing might not be usher. Acharisha loyli chayev. Okay, seven of the laven I can't help you with, but the lav of being chayresh, of plowing on yantif, that you should not be chayev because it's possible to have a scenario where that plowing would be permitted. And that would be hoyel v'chazi, since it is now ra'oi l'kisoi dam tzipar to cover the blood of a tzipar, of a bird. The halacha is that if a person shechts a chaya or an oif, the halacha is that for a chaya or an oif, there is a din of kisei hadam. And the din of kisei hadam is a mitzvah saseh. Now, in terms of oichel nefesh, just to clarify, there's no heter the Rishonim say to plow for oichel nefesh. That is not, uh, that, 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 that's not what we're talking about. The, the, there's no oichel nefesh over here that, that we need to use this dirt for something that's relevant for my being able to eat on yantif. But there's another idea here of hoyel, and that is that although there's a loisase that tells me don't plow on yantif, but kisoi hadam, covering the blood of an animal that was shechted, whether a bird or a chaya, is a mitzvah saseh. And the klal is that asay doiche loisasei. That a mitzvah saseh pushes aside a loisasei. So why are you saying that I am violating a loisasei of plowing on yantif? No. If hoyel, since if, it, if the need would present itself to do kisei adam, this plowing would become something that is not only mutter, but a mitzvah on yantif for the purpose of covering the dam with the dirt that I'm that I'm pulling up with my harisha, so therefore we should use the concept of hayil to take away the lav of harisha. So the Gemara goes through a series of ukimtois to show a scenario where there would not be hayil. 
Omar Rav Papa Bar Shmuel, Rav Papa Bar Shmuel said, Ba'avonim mikur zalois. We're talking here about Avonim mikur zalois. Avonim mikur zalois are a certain type of stone, smooth, soft stone, that the that is hospitable for planting. It could be used, if you break it up, you could use it for planting, but it's not really usable. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, turn into offer that could be used to cover dam. So in other words, if Papa Bar Shmuel is saying that is an okimta here, that the Mishnah is talking about that you're plowing in a place that the ground is not hospitable for kisui hadam, but it, excuse me, it is hospitable for planting. And therefore, and therefore, that's why we don't say hayil, because there is no scenario where you're going to, you're going to use this ground for kisei adam, because the type of avonim, the type of stones that are, that are plentiful in this area where you're plowing are not roi for kisei adam. Frakti gemara, when he's second, you can turn them into being roi for kisei adam. Roi lekaishan, but you can crush them because they're soft, they're not like real stones. So you can crush them and turn them into offer and use them for kisei adam. So even avonim mikorzalos, even if the place that you're plowing has avonim mikorzalos, all you have to do once you plow and and pull up those stones is to crush them and then you could use them for kisei adam. Ruuyin lekaishan, it's roi to crush them. So the Gemara says, no, you can't crush them. Uksisha biyamtif mishari. Would it be mutter to crush stones on Yantif? It's grinding. It's grind. You're not allowed to grind something up on Yantif. So although we're suggesting that the plowing would be mutter because the plowing is an act of covering the dam, but to do additional malachas to prepare the ground for kisei hadam, that would not be mutter. You can't crush stones on Yantif. Says the Gemara, no, there is a way that you can crush them. Um, the Ru'uyais Lekaishan, the Gemara says, these Avanim Mikurzalais, these stones are Ro'i, they're, they're available to be crushed, Kilacharyad. You could do it with the Shinoi, literally Kilacharyad means like with the, with the back of the hand. But it's a term in Gemara for doing something in a different way. If you do something in an unusual way, any Malacha that's done in an, an unusual way with a different part of the body or with the wrong hand is called a Shinoi. Shino, you're not over midairaisa to the rabbanon, but it's not a dairaisa. So the Gemara, so you see that it's mutter lekoishon kilacharyad. So then midairaisa, at least it would be mutter. So you should not be over the love of harisha, even though you're plowing in a place where there are vana mikurzalos. But since in the world of the dairaisa, there is an eitzah to be able to turn this ground into a makayim that's hospitable for kisoy adam. So therefore, this harisha would become a mitzvah sasei in the place of Kisei Hadam. So therefore, Hoyil, since it could be that it would be used for Kisei Hadam, we should say, Asei doi Asei, and you're not over the love of Harisha. So Zokti Gemara Bitsunma. We're not talking here about the type of ground that's Avonimikur Zolois that in theory would be able to be crushed. Rather, we're talking here about kisoi, about doing harisha in a place of tsunma. 
Tsunma is a place of very hard ground. It's called Sela. It probably doesn't mean really rock. Sela is a stone, but it's like rock hard ground. That's not really a place that you could ever do um, Kisei Adam. So the Gemara says, okay, but if it's really rock hard ground, you also can't plant there. And if you look in the Mishnah, the Mishnah does mention that you're planting climb there. So the Gemara says, Tsunma Barzriya. Is this Tsunma, is this super hard ground a place that you could plant? The Mishnah says that you're planting here. So the Gemara says, no, it's Tsunma Milamaila, the Ofer Tichuach Milamata. There are layers here, as you often find, and the top layer is tsunma, which would make it not hospitable for Kisei Adam, but there's soft earth underneath it, and that's why you're plowing to get to the soft earth where you'd be able to plant. So the Gemara says, okay, so then you didn't solve anything, so then you could do the Kisei Adam with the Ofer Tichuach. So if a tapuk lay, so let it, let's say that it's mutter to plow, mishum offer tichuach, because it's uncovering this offer tichuach, this soft offer underneath, which is usable for kisay adam. So the Gemara says, Elo Omar Mar Baravashi. So Mar Baravashi says we're not talking about, um, tsunma, we're talking about tina. Tina is a type of ground which is like a, a cementy kind of ground. There's different types. I once looked into this for a, um, for a gardening project. There are literally different types of dirt, and some of them could be more porous and more um, hospitable to be able to turn in, turn into dirt, which could be used for kisei adam. Some of it becomes like cement-like, and that's what tina is. So. So that's not something that you could turn into soft offer or dry offer. Many Rishonim say that in order to do Kisei Adam, it has to be able to be dry offer. And this is like muddy, uh, cementy kind of, uh, of offer. And therefore you can't, you, you wouldn't be able to use it for Kisei Adam on which the Gemara says, okay, but then you wouldn't be able to plant there either. Vitina Barzria, who is Tina Barzria? So the Gemara answers finally, bimetunta. Metunta is a type of ground that although it is possible to grow things there, but it is still like a muddyish, um, clumpyish kind of ground that you would not be hospitable for kisay adam. And therefore, the harisha that the person is doing is pure plowing for the purpose of planting, but does not allow a person to have offer that's available for kisay adam. And therefore, even according to Rabbah, who says we say Hoyil, there would be no Hoyil in this case. Okay, let's move on. The Gemara says as follows, Eisve Abaya Abaya asked the Kasha. Hamevashel gid hanoshe becholov biyomtiv veoichloi loike chomesh. Okay, this is a similar type of memra about a act that a person does that has several isurim, several violations that are wrapped into the same act. Hamevashel gidanosha, a person cooks a gidanosha. Okay, now the gidanosha is a part of the animal that's usher to eat. There's nothing wrong with cooking it, except that he cooked it bechalov, he cooked it in milk. And 
That now, the, the Gid Hanasha is considered meat. Now, I will point out that earlier in the Masechta, we learned that there is a machloikis if a Gid, a sinew, or that part of the animal that's identified as a Gid, if it's noisane tam, if it provides taste. Is it a tasteless part of the, of the animal or is there tam there? And there's a big nafkamina here because in order for it to become basar b'chalav, there needs to be a tam of, of basar here to be, to be cooking basar and chalav together. So that's what Rashi says. The Rishonim say, I'm sorry, that it must be that he holds yesh begidin benoisein tam. That there, there, the, the, the gid does provide tam, but hamavashal gid hanoshe bechalav, so he's cooking a gid hanoshe, which is meat, bechalav in milk. So not only is he using a part of the animal that's, a, that's an usser to eat, but he's violating the isser of cooking milk and meat together. Let's remember that although there are many, many halachas of what we are and what we are not allowed to eat, but there is one case where not only are you not allowed to eat it, but you're not allowed to cook it. There's a din of kashas where you're not allowed to cook, and that is specifically basar b'chalav, because it says multiple times in the Torah, and we learn out that just cooking, as the pashtas of the Pasuk says, don't cook a gedi in, the, in, it, in milk, so cooking milk and meat together is already a violation, even without eating. So someone who cooks a gid hanasha in milk, and not only was he violating cooking basa b'chalav, but biyantif, but he did this bishal on yantif, and since he's cooking something that's not edible, so there's no heter of eichel nefesh, because it's not edible, because it's also to eat, so therefore he's violating cooking on yantif, and then he eats it, and then he eats it, so when he eats it, he's over three more lavin because, because he also, um, because he's, he's eating basar, he's eating gidhanasha and he's eating basar bachalav. So let's see. Let's see how the, how the Gemara counts it up. So the Gemara is va'oichle and then he eats it like a chamish. He's chayev five lavin. Number one, like a mishamavashal gid biyamtif. He's like a, he gets malchus for cooking on yamtif. Velaika, as we explained, there's no heter of oichel nefesh. Velaika mishum oichel gid, and he's like, he gets malchus for eating a gid hanasha, so that's number two. And not only that, velaika mishamavashal basar bechalov, he gets malchus for cooking basar bechalov together, as we explained, that's number three. And he gets an additional malchus for eating basar b'chalov, so that's four. What's the fifth lav here? So the Gemara says, He also gets malchus for making the fire upon which he's cooking, because that's a case of havara, when you burn, when you that's that's not the same malacha as cooking. There are two separate malachas. There's a malacha of cooking, and there's a malacha of making a fire. Loisavaharuesh, of making a fire. So that's the fifth lav of making a fire. Frekta Abaya Abaya asks to Rabba, the e amrinon hoyil, if we say a concept of hoyil, again, hoyil, which means since, 
which the concept of Hoyle is that if I can find a scenario where what I did now would have a way to be explained as being mutter, so then even though that scenario didn't present itself, we say that it's not us or what I just did. So so I have So I should not be chayev for havoro. Why should I not be chayev for havoro? Because although right now I lit the fire to cook something that's not usable for yantif, but making a fire on yantif is a is a very is something that's very um, um, something that's very prevalent that I may want to be prepare food on yantif, which would then would be mutter. And, um, and, and therefore, I, you know, even though right now I put treif on this, uh, fire, but I can also put chalent on this fire. And therefore, it'll be, it'll be mutter for me to, to do this havara. So even though now the havara is aser, but hoil, but since there is something I could put onto this fire that would make this havara acceptable on yantif, so I should not be chayev. A havara loy lechayev, I should not be chayev for havara. Because it's ro'i for his use. So, so Rabbah responded, The last iser, the fifth lav, is not going to be havara. There's another lav going on over here. He says as follows, Omar Leh, he said to him, Apik havara, take out havara, the ayil gidhanoshe shel nevela. Add in that the, this particular Gidhanosha, this particular animal that he was cooking with milk, was not only was it the Gidhanosha, which is usher to eat, and not only was it cooked with milk, which makes it double usher to eat, but it was a nevela, it was not from a shechted animal, it was from an animal that died in another manner, not through shechita, which is called a nevela, and that's a third violation. So he was eating a triple violation food, a basar b'chal of Gidhanosha and Nevela. And that's how you get, and that, if you add to that the fact that he cooked Basar Bechalov and he cooked on Yantif, so then you have five Lavim. So that's what Rabbah answered him. Apik Havara, take out Hapa Havara, the island put in Gid Hanosha Shel Nevela. That the Gid Hanosha was a Gid Hanosha of a Nevela. Frekti Gemara, no, the breakdown of Lavin here. Is the way you're saying it comes out that there are three eating lavin and two preparing lavin. The two preparing lavin would be the cooking basa b'cholov and the cooking on yantif, and the three eating lavin would be basa b'cholov, gidhanasha, and nevela. But we have a mesayra that it's the other way around. We have a mesayra that it's two eating lavin and three preparing lavin. The Hatani Rabchia Rabchia learned that like in Shtayim Alachila, say two of the Malkiyos are for the Achila, Vishaloi shall be Shuloi, and, the, and three Malkiyos are for the cooking. The Isa, and if you're right that the, you're taking out Havara and you're putting in the Gidhanosha of a Nevela, so Shalosh Alachilosa Mibayle, he should have said that there are three Malkios on eating, as we explained. Elo, he said, Apik Havara, take out Havara, and he puts in a fascinating new case, the Ayel and put in Atse Mukta. Put in wood, the wood that is mukta. 
In other words, the halacha is that muktza, which is something that was set aside, something that was not nisyache, that was that something that was not set aside for yantif, something that was not meant to be used on yantif, would be a din of muktza, and muktza is aser on yantif, and you'd be violating the iser of using the wood of muktza when you prepare this dish and you bring the wood to the fire in order to cook this dish. So here you have another preparation iser. Okay, havara, that's one thing. The havara, maybe there's a scenario that's mutter, but once something is muktza, so then even to prepare food on yantif, you're not allowed to use muktza wood to prepare food on yantif. The wood would have to have been put aside for the purpose of cooking on yantif before yantif. So here we have the third preparation iser. Frakti gemara muktza? U muktza de'iraisa Do you mean to tell me that muktza is de'iraisa? Omar Lay in, he answered back, yes, Muktza is Deiraisa, Dechsev, because the Pasuk says, Vahoya Mashishi, and it will be on the sixth day on Erev Shabbos, Vehechinu Eisasher Yoviu, and they should prepare that which they will bring. In other words, whatever you're going to use on Shabbos or Yantif needs to be muchan, needs to be prepared, needs to be designated for use on Shabbos and Yantif before Shabbos or Yantif arrive. So that's where the Isser is. Now we know every Isser has to have a Azhara, a Loisase, that, that, um, that warns us not to do that melacha, the azharasa, and the azhara mehacha is from here. The Torah tells me not to do any melacha. So the Torah tells me not to do melacha. So that includes all the things that the Torah in other places warn me about on Shabbos or Yantif. And since the Pasuk told me to prepare things for Shabbos, so then when the Torah said don't do melacha, included in that is not moving things that were not prepared before Shabbos and Yantif. So, okay, so we're in the middle of a conversation here. We're going to stop here for Daf Mem Zayin Amud Beis. But we're in the middle of a conversation where the Gemara is expressing tremendous surprise that Rabbah is considering Muktza to be something which is Asar Medai Raisa on Yantif. And this conversation will pick up Ezer Hashem when we learn Daf Mem Ches Amud Aleph. You have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shearim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including Myron McClaimus on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427. Or email info at shasilluminated.org.